Good morning. It is Monday, March 6th. It is six minutes after nine, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Shall we start the week off by talking about Donald Trump? Sure, why not? He topped the CPAC straw poll as the 24 GOP nomination. It was a wide margin that he did at the uh, conference on Saturday. 62% is what he got. And he was followed by Ron DeSantis, who came in second with 20% support. And then third place at 5% went to Perry Johnson. Who? Exactly. A businessman. <laughs> Who? What? Now, I think at these these uh, conventions, and this is a common thing, you can pay for people to attend. And I don't know exactly how CPAC works, but generally if you buy a ticket or a ticket of a certain level or whatever, then that entitles you to vote in the straw poll. So you will see this and you will see this in like congressional races or Senate races. Hey, it's going to be, and I'm totally just making this up. It's the Kosciuszko County Republican bean supper and there's going to be a straw poll <laughs> at the end. So if you're, if there's a, like a contested congressional race, mm-hmm. the congressional campaign will buy tickets for people to go. So the headline then in the Kosciuszko County newspaper is Fred Flintstone wins GOP bean dinner straw poll. So then you send that out and go, we're clearly winning. Momentum is on our side. You know, when you send out your press release, your fundraiser, email, Mm -hmm. whatever. So... I'm guessing Perry Cuomo, was that his name? Perry Johnson. He ran for governor in Michigan. And lost. Yeah, well, clearly. And yeah. th- that is the most <laughs> po- political thing to do. I couldn't win the local one, mm-hmm. so no doubt everybody wants me nationally. I'm guessing mm-hmm. that that maybe was how it was done. I don't know for sure, but that's sometimes you will certainly see, hey, we need a busload of Perry Cuomo fans, <laughs> and we'll buy your ticket to back if you pledge to vote for Perry Cuomo. For the bean dinner. That's <laughs> Sounds awful. Well, while he was there, Trump vowed to clean out the Washington swamp faster and better than he did it last time. Okay, so here's the problem with this, Casey. Yeah. Is he was president. Mm Mm-hmm. And the whole crux of the 2016 campaign... Was that he was going to clean out, he was going to drain the swamp. And he put repeatedly... Swamp people, mm-hmm. whether it was Dan Coates or Mitch McConnell's wife or keeping James Comey and then replacing him with Christopher Ray, He picked Bill Barr as the attorney general. I mean, he picked all of these swamp people over and over and over again. And now here he is mm-hmm. saying, well, he's, he, we're going to play the audio here, but he's basically saying, well, I didn't do it the last time because I didn't know how bad it actually was. He didn't know how swampy they were. Which is weird because you were there for four years. Let, let's just, just play the audio. When Biden came back in, this guy came in and he put everything right back in place where it was. We we're paying these people hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in salary among our highest paid people to teach all of this nonsense to our military yet. But it was all out. It was all done. There's only one president in history who has ever taken on the entire corrupt establishment in Washington. And when we win in 2024, we will do it again even stronger, faster and better because...
just it goes it because goes on. Now the, I am experienced right, and I know the people of Washington. I didn't know them. I was from New York. I only came here course, 17 right. times. They said I read that in the fake news. No, so probably it's funny. not true, but it's the best I could do. And I never stayed over. Never spent the night. I was from New York, but <laughs> I now know the good ones, the bad ones, the weak ones, the strong ones. Mm -hmm. I know them all. I know the people that have to do the job and can do the job. A lot of them are in this room now. right now. Hey, okay. Yep. You know who he is? He has become, and we play this audio all the time, he is Jake Blues <laughs> under the bridge with Carrie Fisher, has him at gunpoint. <laughs> it was an earthquake, locusts, a terrible flood. It wasn't my fault, and that's just bullcrap. Excuse-a-palooza. You were there for four years. Mm -hmm. You appointed these people to very high-level positions. I mm -hmm. mean, Dan Coates, uh, Mitch McConnell's wife, the FBI directors, plural, the attorney generals, plural. I mean, dude. <laughs> he said, I know the good ones, the bad ones, the weak ones, the strong ones. Who are the good ones? That's got to be a short list, right? Now... Uh, Argu and, th and this is the problem, right? So arguably the two greatest side characters in television history were Kramer on Seinfeld yeah. and Dr. Fraser Crane mm -hmm. on Cheers. Yeah. Beloved, hilarious, integral parts of two of the greatest television shows of all time. And when those shows ended, one of those characters went on to, to be a character that was another one of arguably the greatest television shows ever done, Dr. Fraser Crane, mm -hmm. while Kramer never got any traction, drifted off into obscurity, Michael Richards, the guy who played Kramer, and then had a horrific end to his career. And the reason for that, and it's very simple, because they were both beloved, they were both successful, they were both revered, people looked forward to them, there it's was too much. There, there, yes, you're right. There was depth to the Kramer character. Mm -hmm. Every week there was something different because there was nuance and depth to the Kramer character. One week it's something with his dad, and then it's Daphne, and then it's his brother, and then it's his his radio show, and then it's his father, and then it's his relationships. Mm -hmm. So every week while the character was kind of wild and wacky, there was something different that you could look forward to where with Kramer... It was opening the door, stumbling around. It's the same seven or eight, you know, crazy... Silly Jerry. Exactly. And so for five minutes a week, oh my gosh, Kramer is just the best. It's it, not sustainable. It never would have worked as a TV show, as a TV show because people would have got tired of it. That's Trump. It's the He is Kramer. It's the same <laughs> five or six maneuvers. And after seven years... You're just exhausted with it, Casey. He vowed to purge the government of entrenched political dynasties in both parties. But here's my question. He gave like a two-hour speech. <laughs> How is it that Trump can talk for two hours without any gas? Biden can't speak for two minutes without one. Well, because Trump has not lost his mind, Casey. <laughs> now, one thing Trump did say, and I will give him credit on this, and Republicans should totally warm up to this, is that if the courts are going to allow it, the Republicans must become adept at ballot harvesting mm -hmm. if they're going to win. Take a listen. And it's ballot harvesting. We will become masters at ballot harvesting. We have no choice. Beating the Democrats at their own game. And we'll do it legally. The agenda I've laid out today will end America's destruction.
He's right. The Republicans need to stop fighting this until the Supreme Court is going to say that you cannot do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Then you need to get good, good at, at it. At it. Yeah. If this is the game and this is how it's played, play that game. Right. Everybody with the firing synapse in their brain thinks the pitch clock in baseball is stupid. But I guess if that's going to be the rule, then you need to figure out a pitcher and a batter mm-hmm. that are good at hitting or pitching mm-hmm. with a pitch clock. Well, that pitch clock is just going to make really good pitchers. Uh, I we dis- we will disagree on that. But one more well, the piece. Game's gonna, the game's going to come down to the pitcher. If we've got the pitch clock. Yeah, but I, I don't want to get sidetracked, so we got to okay. get to this piece of audio, please. <laughs> just We have to stay on Trump being just totally ridiculous. So this last piece of audio that I want to play mm-hmm. is Trump reminding us mm-hmm. that he has learned absolutely nothing <laughs> these past three years. I, I we'll play it, and then we'll talk about it. Justice. To bring charges against me for now ancient no affair story of stormy horse-faced Daniels, no attraction, no affair. I call it no affair. No attraction, no affair. Mm-hmm. Right, Trump. Mm-hmm. Everyone believes that, mm-hmm. but that doesn't even matter. It's the the name calling. Yeah, and he has learned nothing. He's going to turn off those suburban moms again. I mean, why? He he could just ignore her. He's the one who's choosing to bring it up. Exactly. Why is he doing that? It is like the equivalent of going... He can't help himself. If I... What would be harmful for me if I stick my finger in that light socket over there? <laughs> but Rob, no one is forcing you to stick your finger in the light socket. I know, but I have this compulsion to do needlessly destructive things to myself. So let's go stick the finger in the light socket so I have an agreed a, a grievance about being electrocuted. Mm-hmm. See what happens. He said that he would not drop out of the race if he were indicted on any federal or state investigations. <sighs> so he's in it. He's in it to win it. Will he take the pledge? I just we have to go to a break. Okay. I can't, Casey. It's, I can't. When, when, oh, when we come back, it gets it gets worse. We have Corinne John Pierre audio, and she explains when Biden will go to Ohio. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Twenty two minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Trending this hour, this UFC fighter. He was calling out Jimmy Kimmel and says until they release the flight logs, Kimmel, Hollywood, and the mainstream media are pedophiles. So all those doubting my NFT, you're looking at the guy. That's the reason that college athletes and high school athletes are getting paid today. Mr. Influencer to Influencers. Secondly, Jimmy Kimmel, viral this. I fight to eradicate childhood malnutrition from the planet. And until they release the flight logs, you, the mainstream media, Hollywood, are all pedophiles to me. Eat Slander? Am I canceled yet? Defamation? Well, okay, so here's the problem with these guys is pro... Pro wrestling is scripted. Mm-hmm. So when Hulk Hogan's doing some incredible promo, there was some guy 
who gave him the platform, the premise, the here's what we want to talk about, here's the things we want to hit. Vince, it's a heavily produced, you know, Vince McMahon, incredible television companies, etc. And they would do multiple takes and blah, blah, blah. These guys, these ultimate fighter guys mm-hmm. in the look at me world in which we live want to be that, but they're morons. <laughs> and so they're trying to do something that will do as we're doing. So say, let me let me say something that everyone will talk about me and then visit my website or my merch line or my mm-hmm. NFT or whatever that guy was mm-hmm. talking. But you cannot accuse somebody of being a pedophile like that without some proof i just yeah i don't know i mean I, who knows whether jimmy kimmel's going to care enough to sue the guy or whatever but it's just people don't think also trending this hour business insider has made a list of the top 50 rudest cities oh. in the country mm-hmm. And one city in the great state of Indiana made the list. Coming in at number 27, the rudest city in our state is Indianapolis. Oh, okay. Yeah, that seems right. I thought maybe Gary might be up there. Nope. Nope. They claim it's Indianapolis. Those people in Evansville are pretty crappy, too. (laughs) Finally trending this hour, Ron DeSantis. He was in California, and he was giving a speech at the uh, Ronald Reagan Library explaining why people are moving out of blue states. But we saw that, and we've seen people move from the West Coast, not just California, but Oregon and, and Washington State in numbers like we've never seen. This is a result of better governance in states like Florida. It is a result of poor governance in these left-wing states. That's why people are moving. Just think about fiscal, fiscal management. The state of Florida, we have millions of more people now than the state of New York does. And yet New York State, they have twice the size of the state budget than the state of Florida does. And yet we have better infrastructure, better services, and higher performing K through 12 schools. So where is all this money going? But not only does New York State have twice the budget that Florida does, New York City's budget with 8 million people is basically the same size as Florida's state budget with a state of over 22 million people. He asked the question that you always ask, where does all the money go? Where is the money? And he is doing this strategically. He's doing it for two reasons. Obviously, one, he's doing it to raise his profile and raise money. And California has a lot of really rich people to give him money. Mm -hmm. But two, this is not accidental. California votes March 5th, which is pretty early on in the presidential nominating process. So if you come out of, say, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Nevada, Etc. with a pretty even slate or it's somewhat close and then you have that Super Tuesday mm-hmm. and a place like California delivers big for Ron DeSantis and he can come out of there with a delegate lead well then the momentum the rest of the way. Look, Ron DeSantis, if he chooses to run from a campaign nuts and bolts infrastructure is going to run circles around Trump. Trump has never had a great campaign infrastructure. He's had a lot of very loosely organized, assembled people 
and campaign infrastructure really matters when you're trying to run a national campaign, especially in a primary. Ron DeSantis knows exactly what he's doing. He said, I know you have a lot of problems out here, but your governor's very concerned about what we're doing in Florida, so I figured I'd come on <laughs> by. Uh, he was out there also promoting his book, of course, fueling speculation that he'll announce uh, a bid for president soon. But Gavin Newsom declared a state of emergency in California, and then he split. Yeah. He left. All right. When we come back, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Maher had a very, very interesting show uh, here recently. Mm-hmm. And we have incredible audio from Russell Brand, the actor, mm-hmm. just tearing apart this guy from MSNBC. Yep. And then yeah. Bernie Sanders admitted something that I, I cannot believe Bernie Sanders and I agree on something and he said something we've been saying on this show for a very long time and we've got to play it for you you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc get your motor running head out on the highway 934 it is kendall and casey on 93 wibc so the clip of russell brand on real time with bill maher went viral on saturday In it, the comedian accused the political analyst and fellow guest of hypocrisy for criticizing Fox News from within the castle of MSNBC. It's about a two-minute clip, and uh, Brand maintained that MSNBC was fundamentally no different than Fox News. Yeah, this is really interesting. So, Russell Brand, actor, has a podcast, and he has become more and more, especially over the past year or two, the COVID stuff... I think he was very liberal at one point, and now he may still actually be liberal. And it, But it is interesting. Like Someone like Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. same thing that we talked about last week when he hosted SNL. To an extent, someone like Bill Maher, who on all these things are super liberal, but then there's these moments where you're like, what? Yeah. And, and Russell Brand, especially as it relates to liberty and freedom, has been a very staunch advocate uh, for that. And so he was on with a guy by the name of John Heilman, who Mm -hmm. works for MSNBC, and Russell Brand just totally destroyed MSNBC over their bias. It's awesome. Take a listen. John, I've not known you long, but I love you already. But I have to say that it's it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And, and unless we start to embrace, and, and also, mate, like just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I, I've been on that MSNBC, yeah, mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. you're, you're on not there. Gonna, you, I went on a show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried on. Morning Joe. Yes, yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of ju- journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people and I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. at Fox News is ludicrous. My friend, make my MSNBC friend. better. My make friend. MSNBC great again. My friend, I would- wow, a lot of passion coming from a guy who can't even vote. Yeah, is I mean, but he but he's right. MSNBC, Fox News, same thing, different side of the political aisle. Right. And for one side, 
to act like they are not that is completely ridiculous. A lot of hypocrisy there. MSNBC hates conservatives. Mm-hmm. MSNBC hates people who stand for liberty and freedom. They are totally in the tank for one side. They have a desired outcome. Look at their hosts. Look at their shows. Just admit what you are or get different people if you really don't want to be that thing. He was talking about Julian Assange because there was about 2,000 people from the Don't Extradite Assange campaign. They were all assembled in London and uh, they were having this big gathering that very same day that that clip aired on Bill Maher. So it was very top of mind for him. But he ended his tirade with loving words for Bernie Sanders. Which So again, it comes back to mm-hmm. the thing where you go, okay, you're saying this stuff, but then you it's like Joe Rogan. Joe, remember, Joe Rogan was a Bernie Sanders supporter, and he talked about it on his show. It's like, how can you have all these feelings about the government or about society, and then you align yourself with some maniac like Bernie Sanders? But Russell Brand did close this little tirade that he was on. Mm-hmm. Blasting and, and I think he's spot on with this, the money and greed that has corrupted American, American politics and the American political system. Surely it's clear to you, Bill, as one of the great pundits and experts and comic voices that systemic change is required. Money has to be taken out of politics. We need new political systems that genuinely represent ordinary Americans so that we can overcome cultural differences. And bickering about which propagandist network is the worst is not going to save a single American life, not improve the life of a single American child, not going to improve America's standing in the world and the the world needs a strong America. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. So you have an obligation, a duty, not to condemn these people. <laughs> a duty. Uh, he, they, the panel also talked about the Wuhan lab leak theory, and then Heilman, the other guy, pointed the finger at Donald Trump for politicizing the pandemic, and then Brand said, "Nope, we're just doubling down on authenticity." Uh, 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 Authenticity. (laughs) Authentic. I'm just going to keep using words that sounded remotely like the one you were trying to get out. Spell it. Authoritarian. Yes. Authoritarian. Authoritarian. I'm having one of those days. Authoritarianism. Uh, Okay. So before we get to this audio of Bernie Sanders, because Mm -hmm. it is unbelievable, (laughs) I did want to talk to you real quick about... Or talk with you. It mm-hmm. would be talk with you, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? If, yeah, because I want you to respond. Me. Yeah, I can't even say authoritarian. I want to talk today. with you about what he talked about about money and politics, and mm-hmm. I struggle with this, Casey, because I believe money is free speech, and you have earned that money, or at least most people have earned the money, and you should be able to spend it as you see fit because it's free speech. However, he's absolutely right. That money in politics has so corrupted our system of governance. Just let's take the Washington out of it. Just look here at Indiana. There were two people that for two years consistently stood on the side of liberty and freedom and the taxpayers in the state of Indiana and tried to stop Eric Holcomb. And that was Kurt Nicely and John Jacob. What happened to them? Holcomb and his buddies spent a million dollars to get rid of those two guys Mm -hmm. in a primary. And it worked. Yeah. The money 
is so important now. Money's power. And this is why in Indiana you see a group of people who refuse to go against the governor Mm -hmm. because they recognize we're going to get Curtis Hilled or Curtis Nicely or John Jacob if we stand up and speak out, which is why they roll over and play dead for this guy time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. So he makes a really good point, but I don't know what the answer is. And maybe you can chime in on this because mm-hmm. I feel like money is free speech mm-hmm. and you've earned the money and you should be able to spend it how you see fit. So I don't know. Maybe there is no answer to it. It just, I know he's right about that, that m- money has totally corrupted politics in this country. Well, it is, that's, is that part of the bad side of a capitalist? Maybe it is. Maybe maybe the ultimate answer is if we're, if we're too weak to see through it, then we deserve to get the government that we have. Maybe that is the answer to all of this. I don't know. I mean, you'd like to think that whoever has the best message wins. But when whoever you, you can relate to the most, whoever is advocating for what you want. But when you're raising, but that gets shut down by money. Yeah, but when you're raising, you're getting outspent ten to one mm-hmm. by people who right. have an agenda. They're agenda-driven people. It's not like, oh my gosh, I think this woman would be so good for our state. It's no, we just hate this guy because he dared to stand up to our guy who is working on our behalf, right? So in the case of a John Jacob or a Kurt Nicely, those guys were agitators to the government, uh, the governor, Mm -hmm. and were advocates for limited government, which the governor and the people who buy and control and are the governor's adult supervision, they want all that stuff. So they're going to invest heavily. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like it was a Republican against Democrat. It was getting rid of Republicans and replacing them with yes people. Well, how do you... How do you fight that? I mean, that's a 10 to 1 mm-hmm. monetary advantage. Yeah, because the money shut down the opposing message. Exactly. It doesn't cut through. All right. So let's play this audio of Bernie Sanders. And Casey, Bernie Sanders said on, on I believe this was the same show with Bill Maher, he reminds us very quickly that he is a complete moron and has no idea what's going on. <laughs> but then he admits the thing we have been saying for years on this show, equity is not mm-hmm. equality mm-hmm. and there is a huge difference and even Bernie Sanders agrees with us take this Brownsburg school superintendent go this word equity has come into the language in the last few years and before that we didn't hear it a lot and I think a lot of people hear equity and they hear equality that like it's the same word and it's not the same word in the same concept so how would you differentiate between equity and equality well, equality, we talk about, uh, I don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> Come to think of it, you know, uh, equality is equality of opportunity. All right? We live in a society, we want all people right. to have whatever color your skin is. Equity, I think, is more guarantee of outcome, is it not? I yeah, think- I think so. I think that's Okay. Fine. So which, do you come, which side do you come down on? Uh, equality. Equality. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, equality is what you want. Equity is what happens. Exactly. So when these school systems like Brownsburg, and of course they have to lie about it and hide it now mm-hmm. because they can't walk through the front door because it was such a disaster when they walked through the front door with it. Talk about wanting equity. Mm-hmm. What they're telling you is we want a desired outcome, mm-hmm. not everyone to have access because everybody already has the access in public schools. It already is equal in public schools. Everybody can attend a public school and based on your grades or your intelligence or your whatever, take whatever classes. Mm -hmm. It isn't a black, white, Asian, Hispanic, 
That doesn't factor into it. It's what the individual puts into it. The information is available to all. Be, but school systems like Brownsburg, like Carmel, etc., because they are run by radical left lunatics, and the administration either supports that or is too afraid to stand up to it because they want to keep their jobs, they are promoting a desired outcome, mm-hmm. not the people, everybody having the opportunity to have an outcome. They that is what liberalism is. Even Bernie Sanders says it. Even Bernie, when you hear DEI officer mm-hmm. in your public school, even Bernie Sanders isn't on board with that. The E stands for equity most of the time. It, it always stands Not for equity. Equality. Yeah. That's what, that, and even, it's so crazy. Even Bernie Sanders says it's a bad idea. It's 945. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Okay, Chris Rock, boy, he had uh, his Netflix show. <laughs> it's been a year now. It's been a year. I keep seeing uh, promotions for the next Oscars, Oscars 95. Uh-huh. But it was a year ago. Yes. Slap, heard around the world. And Chris Rock had some stuff to say about it. And boy, let's hope Kevin did his job. We're going to get to that Coming up from 93 WIBC. I only came for two days of playing, but every time I come, I always wind up staying. Just the type of town I can spend a few days in Miami, the city that keeps the roof blazing. Ten minutes in front of ten. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Very thematic, Kevin, because we're about to talk about Chris Rock, and he was talking about Will Smith. So he finally addressed the Oscar slap and made Netflix history on Saturday. It was the platform's first live global streaming event. He started off the show by saying, I'm going to try to do the show tonight without offending nobody i'm gonna try my best because you never know who might get triggered he did the set in baltimore and he said uh people always say words hurt anybody who says words hurt has never been punched in the face this dude waited a whole year for this. <laughs> he had it bottled up, and it came exploding out of him. I mean, he was just chomping at the bit mm-hmm. to do this act. And I am sure that on a Monday, because obviously this broke over the weekend, that the Chris Rock and the special, and again, we talk about the instant you know 24 7 media cycle the look at me society the we've always got a one-up everybody else Mm -hmm. he certainly i think did that with this this special and here (laughs) good luck kevin i hope you i hope you bleeped it all take a listen (laughs) he does that everybody in the world called him a i tried to call him and give him my condolences. He ain't pick up for me. Everybody called that man a bitch. The Charlemagne called him a bitch. The Breakfast Club called him a bitch. And the View and the Talk and every rapper and, and the Drink Champs called him a bitch. Everybody called him a bitch. They called his wife a president. Everybody called him a bitch. Great job, Kevin. <laughs> wow. Could you even tell what Chris Rock was saying there? Okay, so he did an entire 50-minute, you know, uh, 
yeah. show, and he saved the Will Smith take until the very end, until the last 10 minutes of the show. Now, you said this is not comedy. I think, okay, clearly, we just had the example. He just repeated a curse word over and over and over again and called it comedy. He sounded a little bitter to me about it. But didn't Eddie Murphy, Andrew Dice Clay, I mean, this was 30, 40 years ago, didn't they use a lot of profanity Mm -hmm. as well? And they're remembered as some of the greatest comedians of all time. Was that different? Was what they did 40 years ago, 35 years ago, different than what you just heard? And if so, why? Yeah, probably not. But I just think calling someone a B over and over again, the first couple times, funny. But after that, you've got to be a little bit more creative and and write some different material. I'm sure I didn't see the whole special, so I'm sure the lead up to it was funny. He talked about a lot of other different different things. Uh, racism, Meghan Markle, the Kardashians, wokeness, addiction, abortion. Uh, but when it came to Will Smith, he just kept repeating the same line, kept calling him a B. And I thought, okay, he's part of being a comedian is to be able to write. Right. And a little more thought. He had a whole year to come up with something more than that. Is this, and we're going to get into technology next hour, talking about these real estate agents that could be replaced by artificial intelligence. Is another downfall of the technological internet age in which we live that mere talent or skill or art Mm -hmm. is no longer what drives success because in the technological world in which we live, success is often defined by how many people Mm -hmm. hear or say or repeat or play what you do. Mm. Yeah. How many clicks? How many likes? Are the clicks more important than selling out a club? It used to be in comedy. Hey, we're doing a tour and it's sold out all over the world or all all over the country. Hey, that's success. Now it's, did you get a million views or 10 million views on Twitter? I just think George Carlin would have been very thought-provoking. Chris Rock repeated a swear word. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Bouncing in the club with the heat is on all night on the beach to the break.